السلام عليكم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله الأمين وآله وصحبه وسلم رمضان مبارك وكل عام وأنتم بخير May Allah سبحانه وتعالى bless all of us during this beautiful month and I'm grateful to see all of you coming here I wish Allah will make you stay comfortable and make it easy for you inshallah to stay within and may Allah make it spacious within your hearts now, this is, a, I think, our fourth or fifth, I can't remember, uh, Salam Sunday, in which we come together just to speak about one word. And today's chosen word is nafs. I've chosen to speak about nafs, ego. It is a word that uh, a lot of people speak about, and a lot of people find very difficult understanding and appreciating. And I would really love that we as Muslims find it easy to understand, inshallah. Ahmed Pirzada, can you come to the here? There's a chair empty. Can sit next to me. You stay there. The chair is very tempting. Huh? So the chair is very tempting. Yeah, because we can make room for other people. I need somebody small. You are small in size. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. How are you? Is it on? Okay, alhamdulillah. I didn't know I was recording all that. <laughs> I'm trying to make it easy. If somebody else comes, then they can find. You find it difficult? No, no, inshallah, you will come through. You will come through. Sisters will allow you. Okay. Sit here. How are you? How are you? Are you all right? Okay. So, as I said, our talk today is about nafs, and because a lot of people talk about the nafs or the ego in different يعني, religious settings and different backgrounds. Uh, of of uh, understanding of spirituality, but sometimes, to me, the word is misunderstood and the word is said in a different way. Even in the Islamic understanding, I find sometimes people mixing things up, and I will try to clarify exactly, inshallah, if Allah wills for me, the nafs. But in order for us to understand what the nafs is, we need to understand the setting of our creation. In fact, I was telling people on Friday, and I did Jum'ah here on Friday, and inshallah, until the end of Ramadan or my school open, I'll be doing Jum'ah here. So whoever wants to come pray Jum'ah with me, you can come, we we'll pray Jum'ah together. And inshallah, until the end of Ramadan, every Monday, I will do a talk here in Ramadan, inshallah. It's my, Ahmed is doing one on Tuesday, and Abdul Latif is doing one on Thursday. I will be doing one on Monday. When they told me they were doing talks on Tuesday and Thursday, I felt jealous. <laughs> I'm only doing one every month, so I said I'll come every Monday, because I'm free, inshallah. I'm in holiday. So, uh, the talk, inshallah, will discuss our being. I said to the brothers on Friday, I have a book, inshallah, and in the future I want, I want to teach it, and I'm sure some people will say, yes, when? But I need to find the time. It is about An-Nash'atayn. Okay? An-Nash'atayn. The, the title of the book... Uh, according 
to the writer who which is absolutely beautiful i had never seen any writing like that he's talking about the creation of adam in different stages and i shall tell you now and the creation of us as his children in the stages that we are in until we are born these are very very important ways to understand how we came about to be the way we are this is something very very essential number two we need are you leaving uh, okay i wish i could have put you in the chair here uh, are you sure okay i'm not moving now <laughs> no inshallah uh so the brothers if you can move for him so that he can have a little bit yeah thank you move forward fill the gaps so that he can stand properly inshallah so uh, the idea is if we can understand how adam was created and what stages he went through until he became the man he was okay before he was brought down to the earth and the way that we as human being created afterward as the sulala or the descendancy of sayyidna adam alayhi salam okay now if we can understand that this is called the two initiation of the creation of man was sa'adatayn and the two happiness because there is a happiness in this world and then the happiness in the hereafter as allah says in the quran waliman khafa maqam rabbihi jannatan to the one who fear the position of his lord there are two heavens now the two heavens one in this world one in the hereafter and that also need understanding it need to be talked about we need to bring the evidence and inshallah all the evidence that we give it is either from the quran or from the authentic statements or the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now beginning our topic today Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Wa la takunu kalladhina nasu allaha fa'ansahum anfusahum Ula'ikuhumul fasiqoon Surat al-Hashr verse 19 Wa la takunu kalladhina nasu allaha fa'ansahum anfusahum Ula'ikuhumul fasiqoon Allah is asking us not to be like those who transgress My wife is shy standing outside there She will not come, she will not No, she will not come Why not? No, she just dropped me and she's going. Uh, I, I, if, I, if I paid her, she would not come. <laughs> she likes to be alone. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَصُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ أُولَئِكُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Do not be like those people who neglected Allah or neglected the remembrance of Allah. Hence, he made them to forget about themselves. This is one meaning of it. Or, don't be like those people who don't know who they are Hence, they don't know how Allah is or who he is so that they will not be able to worship him. So, in order for you to know Allah from this verse, you need to know yourself. You need to know your origin, where you came from. You need to know everything that is encompassed within yourself. If you don't know that, then obviously you become an ignorant person according to many of the scholars. It is said, the meaning of this, أي أنهم I'm quoting it as it is written by one of the wise men. Indeed, it means if they know themselves, they will definitely get to know who Allah is. When they neglected him, their neglect of him is a realization that they are neglecting who they are or they don't know their essence or their creation or their origin and it is very very sad not to know who you are because at the end of the day it is easy to say i am a human being but what are you where did you come from 
What are you doing here? Where are you going next? Many questions are not answered. And many of the philosophers, they try to answer them. If you look at the early philosophy of the Greek, okay, the early philosophy of the Indian and the Chinese and many others, they try to explain these things. Alaikum salam come in. Okay? They try to explain. But however, it's very, very difficult to get anything out of their explanation. But in the religion essence, it is easy, inshallah, to understand. Hence, my question is, what is the nafs? And this is what I'm going to go through, inshallah, and explain. It will come at the end. Just be patient with me. It is says, Man arifa nafsahu, arifa rabbahu. Whosoever gets to know himself will know his Lord. This is a statement from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as we say, a khabar. Literally meaning, a news reported by a companion from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he was here to have said it. The person who said it, he did not hear it from him directly. I heard that the Prophet has said this from the company. Man arifa nafsahu arifa a'ada'ahu al-kamina fi. A wise man says, whosoever gets to know his nafs, his ego, he will know exactly his ills. The wicked thing that are within us. Because, to be honest with you, we are wicked. By nature. If you look into America, just this week, somebody just went to a cinema and shot too many people. For what reason? When you look at that person straight away in the eyes, you think something is wrong. Because a normal human being, and a human literally means somebody who's good, okay? Somebody who's wise, somebody who's gentle, somebody who's kind, will never do this. But somebody who's wicked will do that. The beast in the jungle will attack. Not because it wants to attack you. No lion just says, let me look for a human being to kill him. Okay? But a lion kills when you are frightening him when you are making his space very narrow for him when you make it difficult like a snake snakes by nature don't look for us to bite us insects like bees a bee doesn't say oh excuse me whom shall I bite today okay although when a bee comes everybody is frightened and running although it's too small and we're too big it is running and buzzing around us because it's frightened from us it wants a way out we're not supposed to be in their world but we are here and they are there to serve Allah and to help us in living Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, A'da aduwak nafsaka allati bayna jambayk. A'da aduwak nafsaka allati The worst of your enemies is your own ego that is between your two sides. This is a hadith reported by Imam al-Bayhaqi. A'da aduwak nafsaka allati bayna jambayk. So, because it is the enemy, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated, not just the enemy, the worst of the enemies, it is our duty to get to know this enemy. Who is this enemy? I can't live my life and I know that I have an enemy. Okay? Although there are two enemies, the Quran tells us and the Hadith tells us, but we neglect them and we look for imaginary enemies. For us individually and for us together. Subhanallah, there are others who say, for example, America is our enemy. The West is our enemy. Israel is our enemy. And when you go with them deeper and ask them, Sometimes they don't even understand the subject or the history of it. Why that animosity was there? And this is the lower animosity. Sometimes people just look at people and say, well, I don't like him. Why? I don't know. I just don't like him. And therefore, from that moment, this person is an enemy for me. A person, for example, who overtakes you by a car, when you have a car rage, is an enemy. 
you are willing to tell him anything by your tongue. But if you have a chance, you will get down and show him, okay, what could you do with your muscles? <laughs> no, it is silly when we do those things and feel this is animosity and this is an, uh, uh, enmity. No, 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 no. This is not. Allah told us in the Quran, there is one enemy for you, shaitan. Indeed, shaitan is an enemy for you, then take him as the enemy. He is number one for us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an outsider who will whisper into our hearts. Who will whisper into our heart. This is number one. Number two, this hadith which the Prophet reported in Al-Bayhaqi, the words of your enemies, your own self that is between your two sides or your ego that is the home of your desires. Now, nafs is reported in the Quran 620 times. You can go and check it. In 34 surahs. But then, when I look at the word nafs, noon, fa, and seen, and I look at words from the name of Allah that I can take to help me, in understanding this word. This is the way I do it usually for myself. So, when I look, noon from noor, light. Noor is light. So, noon is from noor. Fa is from fath, opening. Fa is from fath, opening. And seen is from silm, peace, security, or tranquility. And from those three words come the three names of Allah which are important for me I believe in finding ways of defeating this great enemy within me. Okay? An-Nur, Allah the light. Al-Fattah, Allah the opener. And you can never conquer without an opening. And number three, Allah salam Allah the peace. An-Nur, Al-Fattah, Al-Salam. Later on we'll talk about it for those people who are spiritually inclined to remember Allah then I can show you ways of remembering Allah to be able, inshallah, to have an opening and conquering yourself in the remainder of the month of Ramadan, inshallah. Qala Amirul Mu'mineen radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, Ali ibn Abi Talib, inna al-aqla liqamat rasma al-ubudiyya, la li-idraq al-rububiyya, inna al-aqla li-idraq sir al-ubudiyya. Indeed, when Allah created the mind, oh my brothers and sisters, not to research and get to know who Allah is like many people want to know who Allah is how does how does he exist but it is for knowing how can we relate ourselves to him as servants as slaves as subjects don't look into how Allah is there is a hadith of Rasulullah in which clearly he indicated okay do not try to know who Allah is. Do not try to know who Allah is, but learn about his attributes to understand your relationship between you and himself. The literal hadith says, Do not waste your time pondering of the essence of Allah and how he is. However, you have the right to ponder in his attributes, in his sifat attributes. Allah is Rahim. Allah is Kareem. Allah is 
قوي الله is, is and you can go on Allah is generous Allah is merciful Allah is just these things you can investigate because these things you can take to yourself why should you take them to yourself because Rasulullah your teacher my teacher says إنما بعثت معلم I was only sent as a teacher and he says تخلقوا بأخلاق الله one of his lessons you must conduct yourself with the conduct of Allah you must behave yourself as Allah behaves himself so if Allah is merciful, it is upon us to try to be merciful, inshallah. If Allah is generous, it is upon us to be generous, inshallah. That's the way it is. But to think beyond that, it is in fact one of the gravest sin one of us can take in his life. Okay? There's a sister in the back. Could you get her in, please? Okay? And this is absolutely essential, important for us to understand and appreciate. If we do that, Allah will make it, inshallah, easier for us. Ali ibn Abi Talib then went to say كَيْفِيَةُ الْمَرْءُ لَيْسَ الْمَرْءُ يَعْرِفُهَا فَكَيْفَ كَيْفِيَةُ الْجَبَّارُ فِي الْقِدَمِ هُوَ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَ الْأَشْيَاءَ مُبْتَدِعًا فَكَيْفَ يُدْرِكُهُ مُسْتَحْدِثُ النَّثَمِ كَيْفِيَةُ الْمَرْءُ لَيْسَ الْمَرْءُ يَعْرِفُهَا How the human being is put together or how his body, his spirit are joined and what joins them together, if you ask the human being, he doesn't know how. He can say, I am a human being, but he will never know how. This is the question. There is another brother outside. If we can just... I am so sorry. Yes. Yes. I will come to that. I'm going to explain it further. Those two brothers, if you can go back, let those sisters sit here. Those two brothers here. Let them go back, sister. And let those two brothers here. Yeah, you with the, with the cap and there. Go back a little bit. Let the sisters sit there. We are liberal. Alhamdulillah. We are in the haram. We are in Mecca. You have been to the haram. That's the way we sit, inshallah. Okay. Jazakumullah khair. Okay. It is important. Yeah. That sister there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, sit here. The next to your sister here. Yeah. Tell her to come here. Yeah, come here. So you can give room to your brothers. Thank you. All right. And. Now, Imad, you can come there to the place to sit where the sister left. You can come and sit there. So you leave the door open if somebody else can come and stand there. There is a, an Arabic statement. Crowd, you'll be shown mercy, inshallah. Crowd. The mercy will come. Okay? People in London must have lots of mercy. Alhamdulillah. That's why they are living in comfort and ease, inshallah. Okay? So, how the human being is put together, Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu ta'ala, anhu is saying, if you ask the human being, he doesn't know how it is. How our spirits and our bodies are joined together to become this force that we are the human being we are supposed to be. And then he asks the question, how come then the human being, the one who doesn't know his essence, try to investigate or research to know the essence of the Creator, the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It doesn't make sense. So if you don't know yourself, how do you try to get to know who Allah is? 
هو الذي أنشأ الأشياء مبتدعا فكيف يدركه مستحدث النثمي It is he Allah سبحانه وتعالى who created everything from nothing He initiated everything from nothing How come then that one who is being created try to know who the creator is before he knows himself So the essence of this lesson today is for us to say hold on yes it's true we are trying to get to know who Allah is but if you ask me I don't know who I am so I need to know myself first so inshallah if Allah help me then by the end of it we'll get to know who we are the first thing we think about is the ruh Bani Israel the children of Sayyidina Ya'qub they asked Sayyidina Muhammad they came to him in Medina and they said to him hadithna an ruh talk to us about what the ruh is what the spirit is and especially today, mashallah, in many universities, they're investigating, they're researching to know the ruh. I'm saying, waste your time. You will never get to know. <laughs> it's a waste. I'm not going to waste my time in researching it. Because Allah told me in the Quran, 1400 years ago plus, when the Jews came to Muhammad, not any Jewish person, but the scholars, and they said, they wanted to test him. Tell us about the ruh. Because they know. There is no answer. He said, I will not be able to answer you until the answer comes from the heavens. That means Jibreel comes. When Jibreel alayhi salam came to him, the Prophet then called him. And he was full of smile. And they knew he had the answer. Because he was always honest and truthful. He would never talk from himself. He does not speak of his own desire or his own mind. But everything he says is from the Quran that Allah reveals to him. So he sallallahu said, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, wa yas'alunaka anil ruh, ulil ruh min amri rabbi. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi they ask thee about the spirit, or the ruh, tell them it is of the commandment of my Lord. And the question is being buried forever. Anyone who's time waster, mind absent, maybe unable to understand, will say, no, 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 they must be something, I have to investigate. No. There were more greater people who distanced themselves from the desire of their own ego by going to the jungles, the mountains, the caves, investigating, researching, creating. They couldn't find this. So they told us to keep away from that. And they went to finding other things. And this is why we have the knowledge of today. Okay? So don't waste your time in getting what the ruh is because the question is being answered. The scholar says, in the ruh, there is no research. This is a topic that only Allah knows. We forget about it. And that is who we are. If somebody asks me, I will say, I am the spirit. Where? In the body. Okay? Al-ruh fil-jasad. Al-insan huwa al-ruh fil-jasad. The human being is the spirit within the body. I'm going to make it easy for you. When you sleep at night, what is sleeping? Your body. Your body is so tired, it is sleeping. That's why I want somebody driving a lot, sitting in a car for a long time, sitting on a train, getting tired, standing a lot. Then you are so tired, you need to rest your body. Once your body is there, while the body is resting, the ruh can't stay in the body. What the ruh does, it travels out. What keeps it alive is your nafs. Okay? But the ruh goes. So you travel. And the ruh has no limits. As I say always to people, it travels in the past, in the present, or in the future. So you dream past, present, and future. Your dreams are always your guidance to knowing more about yourself than anything else. 
But a lot of people neglect the dream. They're just a dream. Yet, a lot of the worship that we do today is from dreams. Either the Prophet dreamt or prophets before him dreamt This is something that we need. Regarding the ego or the nafs, Allah says in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أولم يتفكروا في خلق أنفسهم Aren't they able to ponder about the creation of their own souls? Is she sending them away? Let them in. Yeah. Let them in. Some of the brothers come inside here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The brother at the end here. You can please. You're a good guy. Uh, you can go inside. Okay, please. Good people. Lovely. And the brother here. Yeah. If you can sit on the chair, good for you. And no, no. Go, 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 to, go to the other end. Yeah. And let the sister sit here. Thank you. Can you hear me in the back? Excellent. Excellent. I'll, I'll increase the volume. Welcome. That's fantastic. So now people can come and sit comfortably. All right. Love you. Shukran. Alhamdulillah, you got a chair there. Is there a chair next to you again, empty? Brother, sit on the chair there. All right. Excellent. Excellent. That's brilliant. All right. Alhamdulillah. So we have good room. People come. We should never send somebody away. When they come to ask, you don't send them away. Allah will make room, inshallah. Okay. You can shout at Sakina. No, 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 I'm not shouting at Sakina. <laughs> she's Sakina, she's tranquility, alhamdulillah. Yeah? No, I know, I know. If you come here, it's better, inshallah. Okay? As I'm saying, Allah says, Don't people think for a while and ponder about the creation of their own egos, how they were created. This is Surah Al-Rum, verse 8. In another verse, Allah said, We'll surely show them our signs in the horizons of the creation above and beneath and within themselves. This is Surah Fussilat, verse 53. And on the earth, there are certain signs for those who have strong Iman. And within yourself, O children of Adam, can't you see? So Allah is directing us here. The nafs we can research. The nafs we can talk about. The nafs we can try to find something about it. But the ruh, no. The ruh is from Allah, from the commandment. The nafs, we can't think about it because it is that which makes us who we are. Every individual, whether you are good or evil, whether you are nice or terrible, whether you are somebody who is always frowning or smiling, it is your nafs that makes who you are. Just like a building. 
all buildings at the end of the day, they made from stones or bricks or wood, whatever. But however, the decorations that they put on them, the interior design, make them different. But they are all, in essence, the same. So all of us spiritually are the same, and all of us physically are almost the same. However, through the nature, or the nafs, or the ego, we can see differences in our creation. Therefore, to know the reality of oneself, we must know the reality of the creation of the human being. And as I said at the beginning, there is two parallels. The creation of Adam and the stages of the creation and the creation of the human being today in birth from the beginning to the end. And you will think of this. There are two verses. The first one in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, verse 62. And this is a very special surah, by the way. Al-Waqi'ah. It's not very long. If anybody is finding life difficult, you are not getting a job. The money your parents are giving you is not reaching out. <laughs> you are finding yourself in misery, then you are only to blame yourself because this is a surah that brings you money. Whosoever recites it every day once, Allah will make his life easy. And you will never need to ask anybody. I promise you. Whosoever reads surah al-waqi'ah, find it and read it. And then, if you can't read Arabic, get the Arabic and listen to it. Like you are listening to music all the time. And if you can read it three times after Asr, the money will come to you running. <laughs> I promise you. Okay? And this verse Allah said, وَلَغَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ النَّشْأَةَ الْأُولَى فَلَوْلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ وَلَغَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ Here Allah is telling us, O children of Adam, through the teaching that we brought to you, you already know the initial initiation of the creation of man in Adam salam. Don't you remember? It is in the Quran, by the way. All of you read it all the time, the stages, but you pass them by. You don't even think about it. And I'll explain in the other verse, in Surah Al-Ankabud, the spider, verse 20, Allah says, ثُمَّ اللَّهُ يُنْشُؤُ النَّشْأَةَ الْآخِرَةِ Then Allah will initiate the second initiation of the creation of this creature, the human being. So there are two different initiations. Adam stages, and then the child embarrassed stages in this world. We'll go through both of them, and then, We'll get to know, inshallah, where we are getting to. The creation of Adam is the body I'm talking about here. Then the putting of the soul, yourself in it. The creation of the child in the mother's womb, and then the spirit or the putting of the soul in it. Both of them have nafkh. And please listen to me carefully, because in both creation... The physical body of Adam first and the physical body of the child before he was born or she was born are exactly the same, identical. And it is in the Quran. I'll prove to you. Okay. How Allah created man or Adam? And by the way, his name Adam comes from Aduma or means, or it means dark. Because when Allah brought the dust to create Adam, that dust, okay, was different colors but was mixed together and it was dark in the color. Come in, come in. Yeah. And that is very, very important to think about. Okay. So, the first stage is dust, dry dust. The second 
is mud. The third is mud that is left for a while to breathe the air. And then what we call the mud that is ready to be formulated or initiated or made into different objects. Okay, if you are making from it different objects, then it is ready. And then that which is put in the fire so that it is ready to be used by the human being. And then after that, when it is ready, either utensil, like with, with a lot of pots, okay, like the china we buy. Most of it is made of mud that's put in the fire. It looks absolutely beautiful, but it is initially staged for just dust, nothing else. And after that, the spirit was blown in. Let us go through the proofs from the Quran. Allah says about the first position, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن مثل عيسى عند الله كمثل آدم خلقه من تراب. Indeed, the example of the creation of Jesus, son of Mary, in the sight of God, is equal to the example of the creation of Adam from dust. Because some people say, how can a man be born without a father? How can a man then be created from dust? Allah said to the malaika, go to the earth, bring me from it is dust. They came to the earth and took from the variety of the dust of the earth and brought it to Allah. Just dry dust. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala moved it to the next stage. Okay? It is he who created you from mud. Then gave every one of you an initiation so that you can have a duration of time you can live in this earth. Once that time is finished, you have to leave to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first verse, by the way, I read is Surah Al-Imran, verse 59, for those who record. And the second one, Surah Al-An'am, verse 2. Teen, in Arabic, literally meaning, when you mix, come in, sister. Okay? Teen is when you mix the mud with, when you mix, sorry, when you mix the dust with water, it becomes mud. I think the brother is too hot. Okay? Well done. You find the place there. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, you can sit here. Thank you, Sakina. Okay? So, when we say man was created from mud, remember, initially it was dry dust, but then, when it was mixed with water, it became mud. Any any dust, anywhere, once it is mixed with water, it becomes mud. Number three, We have indeed created man from hama masnoon. Hama masnoon meaning a mud that is left for a while to breathe. Not ready yet to be used to make objects from it, but it is left for a while. However, little time, straight away it becomes hama. In Arabic, we call it hama masnoon. Okay? This is Surah Al Hijr, verse 26. And then he said, we have created you from a mud that is ready to be made into objects. So once it stayed for a while, just like making bread, you mix the dough, but you can't just straight away make it into bread. You have to leave it, let the yeast 
do it jobs and then after a while you put it in the oven then become otherwise a lot of people want to make bread they mix it together they put it in the oven it become like a brick and then they say well i did everything you didn't do everything you haven't followed the teaching the teaching is leave it for a while so that it can rise so once the mud is left for a little bit it become hama masnoon but if you leave it for a longer time it become thin lazib lazib meaning ready to be formulated or shaped to be to make objects that is surah as-saffat verse 11 then he says qala lam akul li asjuda li basharin khalaqtahum min saltalin min hama'in masnoon when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this ready made shape of a human being from the mud that was lazib into the fire and he brought it out then he brought the spirit into it he said to the malaika prostrate for him all of them immediately prostrated except for iblis he says to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i will not prostrate okay for that creature you created from dust which was made into mud which was made into a shape that i would not see as equivalent to myself because i am better than him i am created from the fire and he is created from the mud no i will sorry and therefore all of us within ourselves we find this when subhanallah many times we want to sit down we look at the place we are sitting down however clean we go like that yet subhanallah we're gonna bury it in the dust one day and then the earth will say excuse me remember the day you used to wipe me away i'm gonna show you today that's that's, that's the reality or we walk on the earth with no respect to the earth itself we go out and do stupid things not to the humans to nature itself do you know what the earth is saying i can't wait for you to come in <laughs> and therefore the prophet says the human being once he is buried the earth will immediately try to get its revenge your grave is that big it will try to move to squash you unless you are somebody whom allah loves then allah will say to the earth no leave him and then the earth will open however good with allah you were allah will open your grave until your grave can be a room that you walk inside as Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu says, I saw Musa standing up in his grave praying. Standing up, doing salah in his grave. And this is normal. Okay? Your grave could be a part of your paradise. Okay? Before you go, inshallah, to the real Jannah in the hereafter. So this is something that we need to think about. And then, خَلَغَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ كَالْفَخَّارِ He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, created man from a pottery shaped figure when the pottery maker take his shape that he makes whatever it is they put them in the fire and then they come out they become what we call fakhar you go to india bangladesh egypt you see women carrying those pots in their head with water what are they made from from dust which was made into mud which was made into teen ladi which was made to hammer and so on until it was put into the fire and brought why do we call it salsal because if you hit it it make a noise and in some countries from them they make drums and each one it make a different sound the note that you talk about in the western world here and you write down 
They don't write them down, but they know them themselves. These people are not silly. And you don't go to India or Pakistan or Africa and you see people playing drum, they don't know music is. They are more inclined to it and they have got in their blood the rhythm to dance with their drums. Although we think we know music in this country here, but when you see people dancing, say, they're all over the place. They don't know what they're doing because they have no rhythm in them. Huh? This is a reality. But those people, although they don't write it, they don't understand the music as something that can be learned in that format you have for yourself, but they know it within. So even those okay, posts they make, they know their sound and their difference benefit for them to use all the time. Okay. Now, these are the six stages through which Adam was created. From the time he is dust until he became Fakhar. These six stages are just a shape, nothing else. In fact, Iblis relate that when he was in the world of the Malaika, in the seven heaven, and he was there, and this shape was put there, he was looking at it, and he realized this is not of the heavens, because the heavens are spiritual. This is physical. How come is it here? He realized himself he was the only physical being there because he is made from the fire and the fire is physical. How come there is another physical thing here and it doesn't have any life in it? So he used to be so curious. He said, I used to walk into it and find it hollow inside so I will drop myself in and travel inside it like the smoke traveling within the open air. And I will go through the legs, through the arms of this creature. I don't know, what is it? And I will come out. I had no knowledge what Allah intended by this until the time came when Allah said to the Malaika, today I am going to create some who will inherit me. Someone who will take over from me. Someone who will be coming. Come in, welcome. Someone who will help me by living the life that I want him to live. As I intended the human being to live the life on this earth. He says, Inni khaliqun basharan min teen. I am creating a human from mud. This bashar, subhanallah, come from the word bishra. Bishra meaning, okay, the skin of the human being. It is his bishra, okay, his outlook. Today, when you look at advertisement in the Middle East, just like here, all the women are being cheated by a lot of companies that if you can buy this cream, your bishop will become more whiter. You will look more glamorous. As they bring all those things and put on, 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 and they're not getting any better. And worse than that, you're going to get younger. The more they put, they get more older. Allah said in the Quran, don't change the changing of Allah. I know you can, you can do things, you are allowed, but don't go so far that you think you can change anything. You will not be able to. Because there is nothing there which is being said by Allah or taught by the Prophet or the Prophet before him to tell us that this will happen. No. We can make ourselves look decent by just being tidy okay, and doing that which is going to help our bodies, inshallah. فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ And once he is upright, standing before you, because until that moment, all the malaika did not even know what is this. So Allah brought it forth before them. Yes, this pottery shape Hollow, standing, looking like a statue. <laughs> and I 
And when you see below into him from my spirit, when you see me, your Lord Allah, blowing unto him from my spirit, I would like you all to fall on your forehead for him. Wow. The malaika were excited. What a creature. This is absolutely amazing because they only prostrate for Allah. But they realize because Allah is commanding them and they will only do what Allah commands them, they immediately prostrated for him. Illa Iblis Abba was takbar, except for Iblis, refused and became arrogant. And he says, You expect me to prostrate from the one you created from the dust and the mud? No, I'm not prostrate for him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said to Iblis, You have transgressed beyond bounds. Get out of my presence. And you will never see my mercy until you repent from your sin by prostrating to this creature. Otherwise, my curse will be upon you until the day of resurrection. And this is a very big thing. Can you imagine this creature who lived on this earth maybe for millions of years and among all the jinn, he was worshipping the creator like none and became the most highest in worship. Hence, he was raised. Look at the humans. There are many of us raised in the heaven. There are many. But most of them are prophets and messengers. That means a lot of us are not striving enough to cleanse ourselves to be like the malaika, to be raised to the heavens. This is something that we need to think about and ponder about. Okay? This is in Surah Sad, verse 71 and 72. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them realize once they got up and looked that pottery shaped figure that statue by the putting of the spirit into him became the flesh and blood man magic suddenly but this is Allah's way of creation Allah says to sing be and they become it is our affair when we want anything we say to it be and it becomes Allah doesn't need anything it is him who initiate. It is him who create. It is him who will do anything he want. The kingdom belongs to him. And if we are really truthful to ourselves, we belong to him as well. Okay? Then Adam, at that moment, he didn't know anything. And Allah wanted to say the malaika. The malaika have knowledge. Because Allah was teaching them all the time. Allah said to the malaika, Ambi'uni bi asma'ihim. Relate to me the names of those who will come from this creature whom you challenged me when I was creating him that from him will only come those who will spill blood. They knew. Look at us today. Killing is just normal to us. Spilling blood is just a game. In America, people can buy guns just like that. So killing is nothing. It is sad. The Malaika knew that. And they didn't want Allah to create us because we're going to do the same thing. Spill blood on the earth. And create fitna on the earth. Havoc on the earth. Allah says, Because I know that which you don't know, tell me the names of those who will come from him and they will never create havoc or fitna or spill blood on this earth. They said, We have no knowledge, O our Lord. Allah said, Well then, I'm going to show you that Adam who was just created, whom they just prostrated before Allah for him and raised their head and Allah questioned them that question, Allah said, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءِ And Allah taught all the knowledge to Adam 
of those who will come from him. وعلم آدم الأسماء كلها. All of it. وقال and then he said to Adam, أنبئهم بأسمائهم. Relate to them their names. Oh Adam, those who will come from you, and they will be the ones we would like them to be. The inheritors of the earth as we created the earth for them. Allah created this earth for the good doers, not for the bad doers. And I promise you, if you are a good doer, when you die, the earth will cry over you. Even the earth, any place you used to go to, if you used to come to Rumi's cave and you're a good person, the Rumi's cave will be crying for you. The shopping that you used to go to do, the shop you used to buy from will cry for you. The earth you used to walk on will cry over you. Allah said, but the evil ones, the wicked ones, the people who have no understanding of who they are, the heaven and the earth will never cry over them. Neither the heaven nor the earth will ever cry over them. Why? Because who they are, they are nothing but the good people of Allah. Now this is the stages of the creation of Adam. Adam here became the man. Okay? Turab, mud, or turab, dust, then teen, mud, and then hama, masnoon, Mud that was left for a while to breathe, okay. Then tini ladib, then from a mud that is ready to be shaped, then min salsal, a mud that is shaped and let to dry for a while before it was put into the fire, and then fakhar when it was put into the fire and brought out of the fire, and then Allah put the spirit into him. This you should know. This is the creation or the stages of the creation of your father Adam. He was not just suddenly brought. The dust there, Allah said, be Adam. And he became. No. He was made. He was made. When you read into the history of Islam and the people who wrote about the creation of Adam, they write beautiful things. They say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fashioned Adam and created him and gave him his shape by his own hands. Allahu Akbar. That means we are so important to Allah. Allah loves us more than anything else. Why? Because he puts something from himself in us. And that we should respect. Okay? Now we come to the creation of the coming generations, us included. Because everybody beside Adam, okay, was created from Adam, including Hawa herself. And by the way, Hawa was not created suddenly by the remainder of the mud, like suddenly your mother finished her dough, and then she said, oh, let me make something else from it. <laughs> oh, I, I can create another woman from it. No, no, no. When Adam was in the heaven, and he was walking around and living and enjoying himself and having a wonderful time, Suddenly he realized he was alone. He felt, okay, a feeling of being lonely. And Allah said to him, Oh Adam, I see you're not yourself. What's wrong? He said, I see all the malaika in groups. Why am I alone? Allah said, Oh, now you understand. You need a partner then. Then Adam was brought and from him a rip was taken. Today they have it in biology. Yeah, they take a part of the human being, and they can. Okay? And this is not, nothing wrong with that. Islam doesn't deny that. So that rip, and Allah said to it, be, and it became Eve, Hawa. And this is why the differing of the colors of us come. The differing of the colors come because of two things. Of the different varieties of the mud, and coloring of the mud, and the differing of the characteristics of all of us, also because of the variety of the mud within us. I say, if, some, if somebody... It's so sticky. He doesn't allow him to leave you. Leave me alone. This is like the mud that you want to wash. doesn't go away. And there are those people who stick with you and make themselves 
they are for you all the time and when they leave you are like them like the mud when you come and you wash it still it leave a color behind okay and there are those when they come and they leave you can't even remember them and then it's like you go to the seaside you sit on the sand you get up you are muddy dry you just wipe it away nothing is left wow human beings are like that and the colors are different by the way from the very dark to the very light okay the human being colors are like that okay and attributes are similar so you need to think of it like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his wisdom created us in this way to make us understand physically we are of this earth nothing else every one of you should leave me today and realize look I am nothing in a physical form but dust never be arrogant again and realize from the dust you came and to the dust you return but you the human being who is spiritual no you the human being who is physical the body what happened to the soul it will be returned back to the creator and that is something else we need to think about inshallah now the stages of the creation of the baby are nutfa a drop okay a clot okay that which is shaped like something we eat or we chew okay it looks like something that is being chewed okay called mudra then bones then flesh then a different creation these are six stages before the spirit are put in so the mother and the father will come together the drop will go into the womb it's just a drop nothing else then it becomes to a clot when it mix okay with the egg just a, nothing else and then it become into a little shape like like a bean if you look at it like a bean or a little heart okay subhanallah when you look at it in that shape it's like the baby is sleeping but nothing it's just if you find it outside you will throw it in the bin i have seen these stages okay when women sometimes lose children at that age i have two sisters who lost babies very little and i have seen them and subhanallah two or three times and it's amazing the midwife will be holding her like this if you want to see the child that's been lost i'll show you and allah is generous okay it is absolutely come in welcome okay it's absolutely yani, wonderful to see it and this is one stage but then the next stage after that okay it become like something that will cling alaqa okay something that's clinging and it will stay like that until allah fashion it into bones and then the bone will be fleshed by meat or by flesh i have seen one of my little nephews a woman was carrying him like this and i came from a school and she said to me look i said my sister what happened to my sister everybody was frightened people are crying i said what's wrong she okay said, no she just lost a baby I said, where is the baby? She said, you want to see him? And my mother was going like this. But the woman didn't see him. And I said, yes, yes. Thank God she didn't look at my mother's face. She opened my her hand like this. And there is like a little match stick drawing. You know, that with two arms, two legs, or a little dot at the head. She was using a little like a stick. And she was removing the hand. And this is the hand. This are the legs. And she said, by the way, he is a boy. I said, how did you know? She said, can you see the head there? The head is like a little, the end of the matchstick. 
Seriously, just like that. And then between the two little sticks of the legs, there is a little dot there. She said, this shows that he's a man. Subhanallah. And I was amazed. And that is still sticking in my mind, how Allah created. So when I talk about these stages, I have seen some of them. And any doctor will know as well. And if you look at medical books, you can see the pictures of the stage. Now, mashallah, with the medical advance, you can see that. But then when it comes after the flesh to khalq akhar, when Allah makes the body like the baby exactly when it is born by giving proper shape of ears, eyes, and the mouth, and the lungs, and everything is shaped properly. This human being is a complex machine. You need to hear, you need to see, you need to smell, you need to test, you need to feel, you need to be able to move. All these things require two things. Require a machine that will give food to this part to function, which is the blood heart. And by the way, that blood heart is not the heart of you. This is the heart of your body. Because if I take that heart from you and give it to somebody else, who will not totally turn to your wife and say, I love you. <laughs> or to the child and say, come here, my child. No, no, doesn't make any sense. People, the love comes from the other spiritual heart. Okay, this, this blood vessel is just giving blood to this part of the body so that they can live. And the mind is where the information is kept and processed. It's like a computer processor, whereby everything works. This is for the physical body. Any medical doctor you ask him, he will tell you, that's what I'm telling you. If he told you different, that means he doesn't know what the essence of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Once then he is complete inside, still he is not. How long it takes to do this? 120 days. The Prophet said, one of you is created in his mother's womb in 40 days, then 40 days, then 40 days, then Allah will blow the spirit into him. So you are there in the heavens, just like Adam spiritually, he was separate from his body, and Iblis was playing with it. When the day came, Allah blew the spirit, put it into that body, and he became Adam. The same thing, the baby inside, before that, is nothing. Once the 21, 120 days is finished, Allah put. People say, but he's alive. Of course, physically alive. Just like somebody who's in coma. Or somebody who, his mind is dead. You could, you could, he's functioning. The, the blood is moving around the body, but he's no longer going to live. They need to stop the machinery and they will tell you, sorry, we can no longer save this person. Same thing. This body inside is functioning just as a body. But as a human being, as an individual, he is not yet being given the initiation. When the initiation comes, when Allah blows the spirit into him. The proof is in the Quran. Allah says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولقد خلقنا الإنسان من سلالة من طين Initially, we have created the human being from a generation, okay, or stages of mud. ثم جعلناه نطفة Then we made him into a drop, into the womb of the mother who will carry him. في قرار مكين قرار مكين meaning in a secure Okay, home. Subhanallah, the womb inside is very, very, very secure. And many people don't understand why a baby is carried in a womb where it is full of liquid. Because the human being, by nature, he will fall, he will trip, and he is usually in a position to break his arm, to cut himself. But 
where the water is, once you are in the water, nothing happened to you. Just like when you are carrying a fish in water. Unless that back is broken, or that bag is broken, and the water comes out, the fish is safe. So that baby is safe inside that womb, inside that water. Allah is keeping him alive. Then we created that drop into a clogging thing. Then that clogging thing become a mudga, something that looks like something being chewed. Then that mudga become bones. Then we flesh the bones with flesh or with meat. Then we completed his creation to become the human being whom we initially wanted him to be by giving him all that which will make him hear, see, smell, feel, talk, understand and comprehend. And glory be to Allah, the best of the creators. Nobody can create like Allah. We can do anything. We are trying to. But we can never be like Allah. Today, through technology, they are trying their best to create robots that can uh, do things, become like human. The Japanese are making little robots that can run and they can do things and, and they can say to the wife, okay, uh, and he, uh, things in the house that can help her in the kitchen to the husband when he comes to serve him by taking his coat, hanging it up. But they're not individually programmed to do what they like, like us. We program them. Once you move that program, they can't do anything. Okay? Or they will not do extra than the program that is being put in. This is Surah Al Mu'minun, the believers, verse 12 and 14. Now, we realize the two creation of Adam and the creation of us as babies. Seven stages for each. Now we come to those two things and the ruh. Adam, the physical body, and the ruh. Us as babies in the stomach and the ruh being blown into us. What keeps us together? What keeps the ruh? As I said, when you sleep, we know that your nafs keep you. Anybody who is in coma, your nafs is keeping him. Then what is the nafs? The nafs is the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is created to keep the physical body and the spiritual body together. In its essence, it is that which makes the human being the human being on this earth. And it is that which can make him the selected human being to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. It is linked in highest form to the spirit through the desire of wanting to return to Allah. The desire of wanting to be with the creator that you came from. Remembering from him we come. And there are some moments in any one of us lives when we remember we are not really from here. We remember good moments from before. Especially when we hear good sounds that makes us feel something or makes us weep or cry. All that because we are longing to return to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or there is something that's pulling us to our initial stage of the dust that we were created from. And remember, from the dust comes the vegetations that the animal eat from, that we eat from. All the vegetables that grow on the earth, they grow from the dust. They are the most simplest form of creation. They are alive, but they are the simplest. Therefore, we can cut them, we can do anything. It's not haram. Okay? To clean to our homes, there is a tree, we can cut it. An animal, we need to think twice. But for a tree, because it's the lowest form, the human being, 
then the animals, then the vegetation, generally. It's lowest. That is where the mud is. So if we look at our bodies, they come from the dust, which we mud into mud, and the trees come from the same thing, and the vegetation. Okay? If we go that way, we become like the animals. We just eat and drink and sleep and compete on who will have from this the majority or the maximum. We become just creatures of habits. And many of us living in this life today, we are like that. We are cut off from our spiritual past because we don't know our nafs. Okay? And hence, one of the scholars says, if you really want to know your nafs, it is the home of your desires. Ask yourself, what do I desire? If you desire to meet Allah, if you desire to see the face of Allah, if you desire to stand before Allah and to thank Him for giving you whatever you have, if you desire to go to heaven, if you desire to see the Prophet if you desire to do good, if you desire to be kind, if you desire to be generous, all those good things, then you are in the right path. But if you find yourself, you desire to hate, to kill, to destroy, to not want life, even to want to kill yourself, all these evil things that comes within you is against your creation as a human being spiritually. So that means you have not satisfied Allah's will. So you need to move from that. Once a human being is in that position, you need to come out of it. You see, subhanAllah, when the people who are doing da'wah, they don't go to the mosque to give da'wah. They go to the prisons. They go to the markets. Okay? They go to the hospitals. Because in those places, there are people who are lost. The one in the hospital, who have never done good in his life, he's doing a lot of evil things, and he's now realizing there is no return, he's going to die. And then he'll be crying, sitting there, oh, if there is a God, please save me. I will wish, I will get to know you. Straight away. The one in prison, he will, for the first time, realize, I can't do anything. I haven't got freedom. What's wrong with me? And so the people who give the da'wah come and say, look, this is life and explain things. And many of them, then they turn. And so on. And this is a part of the test in this world. If there is no difficulty, there will never be ease. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ Indeed, with every difficulty, there is ease. And this is the examination Allah puts us through, inshaAllah. Now, there are two things. لَذَّةَ الْجَسَدِ وَلَذَّةَ الْرُوحِ There is the pleasure of the spirit, which is a ruh, which is us, the pleasure of the body. Now, the two pleasures, one is ever living and one is soon destroyed. The spiritual pleasure is going to be there for good, inshallah. But the physical pleasure will soon be destroyed. Okay? The pleasure of the body is just to live. So when you are desiring to eat, when you are desiring to drink, when you are desiring to play, when you are desiring to have fun, all these things to keep you alive. You can't say, well, I want to stop these desires. I don't want to eat, I don't want to drink, I don't want to do anything. Full stop. My nafs is just no good. I'm gonna... No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked you not to destroy yourself. Allah said, Okay. Whosoever kill one nafs as if you have killed all of humanity. Even killing yourself will be the worst. So be careful. But Allah tests the Jews and Allah said to the Jews, if you love me, then kill yourself. Okay? 
say, if you love me, then kill yourself. What does that mean? Not literally going and uh, committing suicide. No, no, no. Try to restrain yourself from doing that which distance you from me. Then indeed, you show that you love me. And also another reason for having these desires of eating, drinking, enjoying ourselves in this world here is to continue our generations. You desire to be with a partner so that to have children. So I don't know where it comes from when we say that we can continue our generations by being with the same sect or the same okay, uh, sex. It's not, it's not correct. In order for us to continue... A man and a woman, Allah SWT created them as Adam and Eve so that together they can bring that which will make us continue the generations of the human beings on this earth. But if we said from today, only women can remain with women and men with men, I promise you there will not be any more children born. That's it. And this is stopped. This is reality. Let us be realistic. If people say, look, I have a desire to be with the same sex like me, that is a physical desire. But not the reason Allah created us. The reason Allah created us to desire the opposite sex so that we can continue our generation. That's it. Nothing else. Okay? That's why Rasulullah said, النِّكَاحُ سُنَّتِي وَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي لَيْسَ مِنِّي Marriage of man and woman is my way of life to continue the generation. تَنَاكَحُوا تَكَاثَرُوا فَإِنِّي مُوَاهِمْ بِكُمُ الْأُمَمْ Do get married. Do have many children. For indeed I will be showing you off to the nations in the day of judgment. That's the idea. That's it. We are not Politically wrong to say that. If people say, well, you don't uh, uh, want us to be in the same position of going with the same sex, or do you think it is wrong? That's your choice. Maybe you have an inclination like that, but that's your inclination, not my inclination. That's not the reason Allah created me. I'm a believer. I believe in God. But what you do is your choice. It, you're not the first to do this. It was happening a long time ago. And Allah gave us the freedom. Like Rahafiddin, there is no compulsion in living our life according to the rules and regulation of the Creator, Almighty God, the religion. We shouldn't stand up and fight and say those people are wrong, we need to ban them. No, they're just sinners in the sight of God. Nothing else. You don't go and say, those drunken people, I'm going to kill them. Or those people who gamble, let's go on to casinos and kill them. No. Why should you kill those people as well? This is an inclination from their own desires. That is their way of living their life. They have the choice to do that. And then you have the desire of the spirit and the desire of the spirit is by acting upon what is being revealed in the scriptures so that you can return to the creator as he created you this is what is being said okay why should we know ourselves a question being raised by many scholars why should we get to know ourselves there are eight things I'm going to say. This will give you an answer. Why should you work hard to know yourself? And there is no time better than Ramadan to know yourself. Number one. Whosoever got to know himself will get to know everything. And whosoever is ignorant of himself, he is ignorant of everything. What does that come from? Or where does that come from? From the Quran. Allah says, Surah Fussilat, verse 53. We will show them, or we will surely show them, our sign in the horizons 
and within themselves until it is clear for them it is indeed the truth. So there are signs you could see in the heavens. There are signs you could see on the earth. But there are many, many signs on your soul. Let us make it easier for you. I said, if you get to know yourself, you know everything. If you don't know yourself, you know nothing. Okay. How, how could that be true? I will ask the question. Our physical bodies, where do they come from? They come from the earth. They come from dust. So we are equal in this to all those things that come from the dust. Whether it is the fish in the sea, whether it is the vegetation on the land, whether it is the bird that flies on the air, whether it is the animal that lives on the land, all those things are equal to us in that. So once we know that kind of our sight, we know all those things, and we can be able to use them for our benefit. But in us, there is a spirit that Allah has blown from himself. And all the other worlds are spiritual. And once we get to know that, we realize a lot about the spirit. We get to know about the world of the malaika, the angels. We get to know about the light of the angels and the light okay, of the truth and the light of the creator, almighty God, and his attributes, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to get to know about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and all his attributes that are manifested on this earth and beyond. So I think this is so important for everybody to think and take seriously. <laughs> She's going back. <laughs> okay. Number two. Man arifa nafsahu, arifa al-alam. Whosoever got to know himself, we know the worlds. We know the worlds. Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Kahf, verse 51, Ma ashhatuhum khalqa samawati wal-ard. I have never made them witnesses when I created the heaven and the earth, meaning us. We have not been made witnesses to witness when Allah created the heaven and the earth. There were some angels there. There were some other creatures we don't know of. But were we there? Allah is asking here. And you were not witnesses when I created your egos or your souls or even your initial body in Adam or even when you were a drop in your mother's belly. You are not there to understand what was happening to you. Okay? And I will never be taking those who are misguided to be supporters or witness upon what I create. From the end of the verse, we realize that some of us, Allah has given them that opportunity to see, to understand, and to witness these things. If not, in their spiritual status, in their physical status, through their dreams. There are many people who will dream, subhanallah, the day they were born, and they will witness their birth. There are many people who will witness, subhanallah, when their parents were getting married, and they could see that marriage in their dreams. Because it's all recorded, Allah will show them that. So Allah made them witnesses to what has happened. And they understand it, and they appreciate it. So you need to get to know yourself. Number three. Everything that is on the heaven or the earth, you can find within yourself. Everything. Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib says, O son of Adam, don't ridicule yourself and belittle yourself and think you are nothing. For indeed, if you know who you are, 
within you, the bigger well is being put. Everything. How is that? Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أولم يتفكروا في أنفسهم Don't do, don't, don't they ponder upon themselves ما خلق الله في السماوات والأرض وما بينهما إلا بالحق That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created everything in the heaven or on the earth and everything between them only by the truth This is in Surah Al-Rum verse 8 If you really ponder properly and think and study we are created from little atoms that within us that have a function. Every part of us inside is functioning like the planet, planets and the stars and the galaxies on there. Everything is rotating within us. Everything. So within that, we could see the higher world. Other than that, if we look at all the different parts of the body, it reflects things bigger than us. Our hearing, our sight, our sense of smell, our sense of speech, or testing, or feeling, or motion. All these things are in everything Allah created. Everything Allah created has these things in it. They listen, they hear, they speak, they move, whether it is the heavens, whether it's the stars, the galaxies, everything is moving. Allah said in the Quran, Each one of them in an orbit rotating. Everything. Why? Why they are rotating? Literally for us, is to show the unity of Allah. Everything is moving. When we go for tawaf around the Kaaba, people might think, why are we making that tawaf? This rotation around the Kaaba it's just like the rotation of your little particle in your body. It's like the rotation of every star, every planet, every galaxy around itself. To show that we are all from the one and to the one we will return. It was he, Allah, and there was nothing. And there will come a time when everything will be destroyed and there will be nothing but him. In the Quran, Allah says, in that moment, Allah will say, To whom the kingdom belongs today? No one to answer. There will not be anybody to say, well, it is for me. Or I made it. Or I discovered it. Or I have something to say about it. Only Allah, and he will answer himself, and he will say, To Allah, the one who is indeed dominant. Okay? When you get to know your spirit, you will get to know the spiritual world. And that the spiritual world is ever living, eternal. When you get to know your body, you will get to know how frail your body is. And soon will be destroyed. None of us here is going to think that my body is going to live forever. I promise you, if there are bodies that can live forever on this earth, there are men who will go out and buy them. If today, the men who have got physical problems, the people who have got illnesses, the people who are, their bodies are too old and they are very rich, they are billionaires, they are millionaires, and there is a young person who is dead and his body can be used, there is transplant of spirits, they will buy them. Because everybody wants to live forever. Because Iblis says so. As a creature, I want to live forever, oh Allah. Okay? 
Although he have a reason for why he want to live. Do we have a reason? Yeah. We don't have a reason. The only reason we have, we want to have pleasure. We want to have fun. And that's not a good excuse. Even Iblis laughs at that. Iblis have a very good reason. Iblis says, because you thrown me out of the heaven, O Allah, because of this creature you created from the mud, I'm going to make sure that him and all his descendancy, all his progenies, all his children, I'm going to take them astray. Make them like me. So this is something that we need to think about seriously. Okay? Allah said about this in the Quran, Everything you have is going to be vanished or destroyed. But everything with Allah will remain. So the spirit is from Allah, will remain. When somebody, by the way, dies and he's buried in his grave, his spirit is still alive. That's why a lot of people, when they come back from the dead, they say, when I was in hospital in the theater, my body was hovering until I could see my body. And people with knives, and say, what are you doing? My goodness. And they are talking, save him, not to save him. Save me, please, do something. And I come back. You see? So definitely, the spirit is not the body. It is naive to think, this is me. It's not me. Just like somebody going outside to his car, this is, this is me. Your car is your vehicle. Your body is the same thing, your vehicle, that carries you in this world. Come in, Imran, come in. Okay? So that's something that you need to think about seriously. Then, if you get to know yourself, you get to know your enemies within yourself. As I said, within you there are many enemies, and we'll tell you about them in a minute, so that you can correct those enemies, inshallah. Allah said in the Quran, وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Surah Al-Shams, verse 7. And every soul that Allah has created, or a nafs that Allah has created, okay? Allah has inspired the good and the evil in it. Every one of us knows exactly what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. Nobody can say, I don't know. Even the children know, by nature. And by the way, it is programmed in your physical body at the back of your head, in this area here, which in Arabic we call al-mikhikh. Today, if you ask the scientists who are looking into the brain and dissecting it and cutting it, they say, yes, the real memory is here. Okay? This is it here. So you don't hit people here. You make them forget. So a lot of people hit their children like that. You don't do that. It's not allowed. Yeah, it's not good enough. Okay? Don't do that. Because this is where your memory is. And then we come to realizing that you need to see every fault in other people as your own fault. Don't see it as his fault. And this is the problem. Every one of us readily is standing there to criticize somebody else. You are wrong. You are wicked. You are evil. You are this. You are that. And that's not the right way. Because when you do it this way, you're not really following the teaching of Rasulullah In the hadith, Rasulullah said, Tuba liman an nas. Tuba is a special place in paradise will only be given to those who will be too busy with their own faults rather than looking at the fault of others. But I ask you the question today with the world whereby we are full of gossip and chit-chatting and wandering around trying to find things of pleasure. Do we really look at our own faults? We don't. We are ready to, to blame somebody else. From the little children to the older people. Everybody is ready to blame somebody else. Don't be somebody who blame other people. And the biggest creature that we blame is the bliss. 
and he's blameless. Allah said in the Quran, in the day of judgment, when I bring him forth, Iblis, and I am asking you, why did you do this, Iblis? Why did you do that, Iblis? Why did you do this, Iblis? Everything is Iblis. Iblis become like a hanger. Then Allah would say, are you sure? He said, yes, Allah. It's Iblis. Everything I did, it is him. It's the enemy. He made me do all these wrong things, so you need to punish him. Please save me, Allah. Allah said, okay. Iblis, come here. Then Iblis will come. Did you tell him to do this? You will turn to Allah and say, who is he? This is Iblis. I had never seen him in my life. <laughs> then Iblis will say, فَلَا تَلُومُونِ وَلَكِنْ لُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Oh, children of Adam, you are so foolish. If you haven't seen me, you didn't come across me, I didn't tell you anything. Do not blame me, but blame yourself. What a sad thing. What a sad thing. Allah is telling us this here in the dunya, and we are not knowing it. We need to know this so that we don't all the time say it is shaitan. It is you. It is your nafs. It is your desire within you wanting to have that. You see? And then Rasulullah said, حُبَّكَ الشَّيْءِ Your love for things will make you blind, will make you deaf. Subhanallah, this is so clear. When somebody is in love with somebody else, however that person is in fault, the mother will say, look son, this girl is not good for you. You could see what this is wrong. Or the father will say, look daughter, this man is not good for you. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. Everything is just beautiful. Until the day when you are taken and you are living together and then suddenly you come back, what's wrong? I don't love him. I hate him. But you said you love him yesterday. You said you love her. Well, I didn't know. Indeed, you didn't know. Because your love was blind. It's not true love. Because indeed, love in Islam, my brothers and sisters, is not initial. It is later. Love can only come through knowledge. And knowledge can only be manifesting itself in you to be a knowledgeable person when you understand it. Okay? An understanding of those who know it well, they have within them, okay, that trust and respect for the knowledge. And therefore, the people whom they meet and they want to be partners with or work with, whatever, they trust them and they respect them. But a lot of the people, when they quarrel and they fight, as husband and wife, when you ask them, why are you fighting? They say, I don't trust him. I don't respect him. That means you didn't have any knowledge of them. You didn't understand who they were and how they function and how they live. Yeah? So, inshallah, this is something I'm going to talk about because I'm going to do a, a marriage course, inshallah. Okay? But only for those people who are not married. Inshallah. So that they can come, inshallah, to help people to find the right partner and to get married. Because if you don't know, how could you go and buy? When you want to buy a car, you always go to the AA. <laughs> so when you need to get married, you need to go to the Prophet Sallallahu Alright. Okay. Now, and then he says, okay, من عرف نفسه عرف أن يسوسها ومن عرف أن يسوس نفسه استخلف Whosoever is able to know himself he will know how to handle it because the nafs is very difficult to handle Adam al-Busayri said النفس كالطفل Your nafs is like the baby Okay? It is so easy to please the baby and it is so easy to make a baby cry See? Your nafs is like that so simple, so easy, okay? But you need to understand. Allah created us to become his khalifas on the earth. Okay? Allah created us to be living on this earth 
by the means that he has created, especially for us to be the most dominant creature on the earth and the most noble. Indeed, we have honored the children of Adam. We ask ourselves, are we really honored? Sometimes we don't feel that feeling because we don't know. If we know, then we can get to understand. Allah said in the Quran, Perhaps your Lord will destroy your enemy for you and make you the right caliphs on this earth on his behalf to rule because a believer rules i promise you a believer can have anything he wants i learned this once when i was really wondering i was studying i was i want to become somebody i want to do something and while i'm doing my spiritual learning and i used to go and come to my sheikh and i was absolutely horrified i want to live all the time with him and whenever i come to learn from him he sent me to somebody little i knew he doesn't have the time to teach everybody he is like the conductor. He will send you to this man to learn uh, Arabic language. In Arabic language, he will tell you to this man to learn from him Nahu. From that man, you can learn Sarf. From that man, you can learn Balagha. This is a different subject in Arabic. And then to learn Hadith. Then to learn this. And a different subject. But then there is a spiritual knowledge. And one day, I was thinking, all oh, this is, I'm trying to get to Allah and I'm learning all this thing. I'm not getting anywhere. And just I walked in and he said, wait. And he called an old man. He said to him, come. You're going now? He said, yes, I'm going. He said, go with him. I said, oh my God. <laughs> it's hot. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. I'm dusty. I'm sweaty. I need to go inside and sit and, and talk to you. Look at you. I feel good when I'm with you. You're sending me with this old man? <laughs> and then the man looked at me like and said, say inshallah. I said, oh my God. Here I am. Astaghfirullah And I walked with him. And wallah, I tell you, until he left me, I had never had a more mesmerizing journey. The very thing he did, he was walking in the streets whereby there are people I will never meet. Some of them are so low in their life, but yet he will honor them because of the knowledge they have. And he will call them high names. And some of them, in my eyes, they are so high, and he will advise them, advise that. I think, oh my God, what's wrong with this person? They have everything and they don't know who they are. Like that. So he's realizing who is who. Until he came to this house and he said to me, standing outside the big metal gate, this is a friend of mine I'm coming to visit. And you're coming with me. We're going to rest here and then we'll travel. I felt like Musa was Khidr alayhi salam. I couldn't say anything. And then he knocked, he rang the bell, no answer. One minute, two minutes, five minutes. Then I said to him, maybe they're not here, we should leave. I was impatient. He said, wait, I'm sure somebody will open the door for us. And then I looked, those metal doors have got holes in them. When I looked inside, I saw bolts and locks inside. That means these people have locked from inside and went through the neighbors. So I said to him, it's been locked. That means they are not here. He said, subhanallah, yes, you remind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man is an officer in the army and he was traveling for Marifa, a journey to, for a trip to do something. He must have traveled. I hope everything is locked. And then he said to me something, and I turned away, and he pushed the door like this, said, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, he said, oh, my God, this open, oh! And by Allah, the door opened. I was astonished. I said, but it was locked. He said, no, no, look. When I looked, all the bolts were pulled, and the locks were locked. Outside the lock. And I, this was the way I saw it. I know what I saw. But I, then I said to myself, be quiet. So we went inside, we opened the room, we sat down, and then we began to talk. And then I realized why the Sheikh sent me with this man. Because I reached a point of time to 
measure things by physical means. Okay? People who have achieved, they achieved because of what they did themselves. You want to show me? It's not what you do. It's what will Allah allow you to have. If Allah allows you, you can have everything. If Allah doesn't allow you, you have nothing. There is no will nor power but by Allah. Don't you ever do anything but think, I did it. Or I did it my way. Allah is the doer. Allah is the one who will allow you to say or do. Without him, you have nothing. It is the one who is making you alive by allowing you to breathe. You are remote control. When your time comes, he can stop your heart like that. And that's it. You're gone. So we are weak in that sense. So this here is something that you need to think about. If we can learn that, then we can become the right people whom Allah wants us to be, the people to be in this world. Okay. This nafs of ours that we need to know, it has diseases. And this is what my topic is all about. So those diseases you need to work on. This is simple and easy. Each one of us can find one or two or three or more of these diseases. If you don't diagnose your diseases, if you don't use the medicine of the Prophet ﷺ from the Quran or from the Sunnah to heal yourself, you're not going to be healed. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us in the Quran. What are the illnesses? Al-jahl, ignorance. Al-sharah, greed of wanting, okay, more. Wal-ajala, okay, hastiness, being in haste all the time, rushing to do things and wanting things, okay. Wal-jasha, being absolutely greedy of that which is no use for you, but others can use, but still you keep it. You become a hoarder, okay. Wal-zulm and transgression. So if you are an ignorant person, a greedy person, a person who's always rushing around, wanting everything, but not thinking what is the end of this thing is going to be, a person who's unable to share what he had with others, and a person who's transgressing beyond himself to others as well, this is a person who's sick. As Allah said in the Quran, فِيقُلُوِهِمْ مَرَضٍ In their heart there are diseases. And if you have a heart disease, Nothing can support you or help you unless you find the heart surgeon. A doctor who knows the heart. And here, the Prophet ﷺ is the medicine doctor. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm not saying it from myself. The scholars say, Muhammad sallallahu is the medicine of the heart. And the healer of the heart, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu and he, وسلم, is the one can give you physical healing as well, if you want it. And if you want it spiritual, and he can even open your heart for you to see the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here and in the hereafter. Now look at the first one, الجهل, ignorance. Allah said in the Quran, وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَكْثَرَ شَيْءٍ جَدَلًا وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَكْثَرَ شَيْءٍ جَدَلًا Surah Al-Kahf, verse 24. And by nature, man, is argumentative. He loves to argue a lot. Some people just, they come and they will, Wallahi, Wallahi, I'm telling you the truth. By Allah, you know nothing. I know everything. And you see them sitting in the cafes with the shisha. What is this? I look at them and I think, Subhanallah. This is something not, not, don't, don't sit and argue if you don't know. 
وإن سئلت فقل لا علم عندي وكن بالجهل مستترا ما الشيخ يوسف طلمي صم if you are in a congregation and they are debating arguing and if you are suddenly being asked and you don't know say لا علم لي say I have no knowledge and use ignorance as your shelter it's better because if you suddenly say something that is not true against Allah or his prophet then you are in big difficulty okay and many people will stand and say I know it how do you know it and then they they will stop and argue with their case with nothing okay so this is out of your nature by nature you are argumentative don't argue if you are a married person and your wife argue with you or your husband don't argue just leave if you are sitting with your partner in one room go to the next room okay if you are together in a place take permission and just go somewhere else and then you come back everything is normal don't sit there and say oh yeah you think I'm wicked <laughs> let me show you who is wicked <laughs> don't do that no benefit in it you're never going to benefit anything okay my question is who is our teacher Muhammad sallallahu did he ever do that Aisha come here let me argue with you have you ever read about Aisha the Prophet arguing or not? No, they don't. When Aisha used to say things that perhaps are not in their place, the Prophet he will just, subhanallah, say to her beautiful things, nice things, not to upset her, but to change the subject straight away. And that's the way we do things. But sometimes shaitan is clearly coming to the person and say, don't you see? He's saying to you, oh, you are so lovely, you are so good. It just doesn't mean it. He just, and to encourage you to say something. No, don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just keep away from the argument. Number two, hastiness. Allah said in the Quran, "Khuliqal insanu ala ajal." Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 37. Man is created in haste. And I'm telling you, in the Western world here, many children are born in haste. The girl is 14 or 15, and the child is out. What happened? There was a mistake. Shouldn't be mistakes in these things. They should be done properly. Okay. But by nature, forget about this, by nature, this is the way we are created. Everybody is rushing. You see, when I walk up, uh, around London, I see everybody is running. Like, just like when you see a lot of little ants coming out of their holes and going out and rushing, carrying things, pushing things, helping one another. This is us. But what's the end? What's the benefit? If we just stop for a minute and relax, then we get to know the answer. Okay? Allah said, So, uriikum ayati fil afaq O children of Adam, I will show you my sign in the horizons. Do not be in haste. Do not rush things. Just be patient. Be patient. Everything will come your way. Al-ajala min al-nadama. The Arabs say in the wisdom, indeed, in hastiness, there is regret. There is regret. And the Prophet said, Help yourself in completing your affairs in secrecy. But we are so in haste, the moment something you ring up, did you hear? And then suddenly everything stops. What? You don't know. Somebody might give you an eye, and the eye is true. Somebody might be envious or jealous against you, and that is true. Somebody might be evil and want harm for you and go and does magic against you. All those things are there. And the Quran teaches all those things, not from man, it's from Allah. Read it in the Quran. I haven't got time to talk about it. We can talk about this subject another time. Be very careful. So don't talk about your things. When you want to do something, when you intend to do something, when you start something, quietly. Until it is flourished, 
or about to come to flourishing, then tell people about it. Yeah? Suddenly, there is talk about your engagement. Don't go around and tell people, oh, there is talk my mother. No, no, no. Until it is firmed. Okay? You are buying a house, and the lawyers and the surveyors doing this. Don't tell people, oh, no, no. Until the book is written. Yes, I, alhamdulillah. I'm in the process of buying a house. Everything is ready now. And inshallah, once I house bought, I wanted to come and visit my house. Thing like that. But don't rush. Don't be in haste. Okay? Transgression. Allah said, إِنَّا عَرَضْنَا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَ أَنَا يَحْمِنَّهَا وَأَشْفَغْنَ مِنْهَا وَحَمَلَهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا جَهُولًا Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 72. We have indeed offered the trust, the amana, which is the trust, to the heavens and the earth and the mountain. They refused it. No, 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 no. We don't want this trust, ya Allah. وَأَشْفَغْنَ مِنْهَا And they were frightened. Oh, no, no, please, don't, don't compel us to have it. But Allah said, وَحَمَّلْهَا الْإِنسَانِ Man said to Allah, give it to me. I'm your man for it. I will carry it. Like many times you are sitting in a meeting and suddenly you are trying to divide duties to people and the person who is least able to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> are you sure you will wake up early morning to go and open this place? Ah, of course I will do. And he wake up 12 o'clock. Expecting <laughs> <laughs> him there at 7 o'clock in the morning. No. And people say things. Don't be like that. If you can't do it, say I can't. Okay? If you need help, I need help. That's the idea. If you don't do that, okay? So man, when Allah said, who will carry the amana of being faithful, of iman, to be tested on the earth? Can you imagine a mountain to say no? The Himalayas, those big mountains, many men go and try to climb, they die there. They say, no, 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 our Lord, we don't want to carry them. Okay? Even Kalimanjaro said no. That's the truth. He said, no, I can't carry it, Allah. It's smaller compared to the Himalayas. But, the heavens which are bigger and the earth itself in which the mountains are contained, they said no. But we are so little, yet they said, we carry it. You know what we are carrying today? That we will carry la ilaha illallah. There is no one worthy to be worshipped but Allah. And we will do it properly. By following the teaching of the scriptures, by always being good, never being bad, by always being in the right, never being in the wrong, by always worshipping Allah, never worshipping anything else. By ever being arrogant but will always be humble and that's not true all that we neglect and we become enemies of ourselves against Allah we live our life so that's something we need to be very careful about okay and then the zulm of going out of our way to wrong other people to speak about other people badly to spread rumors about people to lie about people to cheat about people do you remember if you do anything between you and Allah Allah, it is upon him to forgive you or to reward you or whatever. But if you sin again as a human being, in the day of judgment, unless that human being forgives you, you are not forgiven. You borrow from me. If I don't forgive you, if you don't retain back that loan, in the day of judgment, Allah will say, oh, so and so, he borrowed from you and he didn't retain. What do you want? You know what will happen to us? We'll be running from one another. Everybody is running from one another. Even from your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, even your partner whom you used to call darling, sweetheart. You'll be running away from. That's the truth. You'll be running away from. Why? Because you are worried. They would like to be compensated for the wrong you did them in this world. Nobody wants to take their mistakes. And by the way, when you are stopped by the malaika, what I'm going to take from you? No money. Only your good deeds. But if you don't have good deeds, what am I going to get? I will take from my bad deed to give you. And who wants to take bad deeds in that day? Nobody. 
So be careful, don't wrong other people. And remember, if you wrong people and they are not with you, before you sleep, read some Quran and ask Allah to write it in their book and ask forgiveness for them and forgiveness for yourself. Perhaps Allah might forgive you then by asking them that this man or this woman has made this dua for you and it is here. Do you want this reward? Because the reward is higher in the Day of Judgment. They might say, yes, Allah. And then the next position is greed. Allah said in the Quran, The human nature is created being greedy, being selfish. You see this clearly when people are in an accident, in a plane for example, and everybody is supposed to save themselves and the doors or the gates for safety are open, there is a stampede. Nobody says, excuse me brother, can go first. <laughs> when there is fire, for example, in clubs, you see it in the news sometimes, they bring the people dying in the gate, stampeding on one another. Astaghfirullah But forget about this calamity times, but even, subhanallah, when people are suddenly being given something. If somebody came outside there, he's dividing some money or gold, I'm telling you, you're going to all leave me. You're going to all rush out, <laughs> fighting everybody. Okay? That door will become very small because everyone wants to go first to take. But even worse, I see people sometimes when food is di- distributed. And subhanallah, when people fight over food, it's so sad. The animals fight for food. Yeah? You see the wildebeest in Africa? They run for the water. Okay? And they fight over who will drink for it. That's not for us. Allah said in the Quran, Surah Al-Hajj, verse 9. But whosoever is being saved from the greed of his, himself or his nafs, they are the successful one. And this is the biggest problem we have. Do we share? If we share, then we care. But if we don't share, we don't care. And if we don't care, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not care for us. I want Allah to care for me. I want Rasulullah to care for me. But in order for me to get that care, I must be able to show my care for other people. And we'll talk about this other solution in a minute. Number five, okay, ash-sharah. Ash-sharah meaning wanting more than what you can have. Especially in eating and drinking and owning things. I remember I used to go to Center al-Mosque in Ramadan. People are waiting there, and I then go to Allah, and people are sitting inside the mosque. They may want to do the salah. We just give us water and day to eat, and there is food divided outside. Many people go and queue for the food. They don't come inside to make dhikr or ibadah. When you say to them, brothers, go inside the mosque, break your fast with date and water, pray makhrib, and then come and eat, say, no, no, no. The Prophet said, Ajulul Fatur. The Prophet said, hurry and hasten the eating. Did he say that? He didn't say that. He, didn't, he never. <laughs> What he meant is, okay, yes, break your fast with something quick so that you can enter into the pleasure of praying before Allah because you fasted to feel the feeling of the poor, for goodness sake. You didn't fast to fill your stomach. But then what upset me, those people were going outside, they would take their box, they put it in their pocket. They take another box, in another pocket. They take another box, in another pocket. Take another... But there are people inside waiting. Sometimes when people, the prayer finished, the people who are inside who prayed, who are, mashallah, doing the right thing, they got there, no food is finished. How sad. And the one who took all this, is he going to eat all of it? Have you ever filled a plate and you ate all of it? Never. And therefore always take little and eat it. And if you need more, add more. For indeed, if you overeat or overdrink, Allah doesn't like you. In Allah, Allah, And this is, by the way, my talk tomorrow. 
I'm going to talk about hunger. Okay? Because fasting is about hunger. And there's a lot to say about it, inshallah. So, please do come. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Okay? خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ هَلُوعًا إِذَا مَسَّهُ الشَّرُّ جَزُوعًا وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ الْخَيْرُ مَنُوعًا سورة المعارج verse 19 Man is created Okay? Wanting more Never wanting less He is in his nafs creation like the hellfire That's the only equivalent I can find The hellfire in the day of judgment When Allah put the wicked people in it and it is burning Okay? Allah will say هَلْ امْتَلَأْتِ Oh Jahannam Oh hellfire are you full now? What does she say? Oh, I'm full. I don't need any more. That's, that's one of these wicked people. No, they said, help me, Mazid. Is there any more? The same thing with the person who is just wanting more. Every time you give them, they want more. I have seen people when they sit and eat. I can't. How do you eat like that? And there are people who are even Islamic. They eat with their full hand and their hand, is, the oil is running. <laughs> and they say, it's sunnah, sunnah. <laughs> is that sunnah? <laughs> Can you imagine the Prophet eating like that? My Prophet is the wisest of men. My Prophet will never act like that. He is neither mean nor selfish. Never self-centered. He will always think of others before himself. He will always feed the poor and the needy before he feeds himself. He will tie his stomach when he's hungry rather than feeding it. Because he feels the feeling of the poor every day. Please, don't, this is, I don't know where this comes from. People are interpreting the sunnah their own way. Okay, tomorrow that will be interpreted better, inshallah. Okay? Allah says, because man is always wanting more, whether it is good or bad, when goodness comes his way, and he had a lot of good, he's greedy. He doesn't want to give. He doesn't want to share. Yani, you're praying, you're so poor. Please, Allah, give me money. Please, I'm so... Please. And suddenly you have thousands of pounds or millions of pounds. Now you don't want to give. Why? Because I want to make it more. When I have more, I'll give from it. Astaghfirullah You had nothing. And Allah gave you. Now, what did you give from it? The Prophet said... No wealth will ever be reduced from giving in charity. Never. So please think of that seriously. Okay? But Allah says, once harm comes his way, he's frightened. The moment this person who have everything, the doctor says, you have a heart attack, you're going to die in six months' time, they come running, go everywhere, I'll give you anything. People come to me, Sheikh, I'll give you anything, Sheikh. Just please teach me one prayer that can give me my health back. Yeah, seriously. I have seen state like that. People will come to me with a lot of money. I have seen a lot of money. And I just walk out. That's silly. It's not really by money or anything. You need to correct yourself. You need to turn to Allah and beg Him and ask Him and cry for Him. The illness, poverty, difficulty, failure in life, obstacles, all these are tests. You need to realize the test, the condition you are in in the test. And you need to understand the source where the test came from and what the solution. For every test there is a solution. As the Prophet said, ما خلق الله إلا وخلق له Allah never created an illness, only in the past he created the medicine for it. So all the illnesses that now we don't know their medicine, the medicine is there. But the, we have to research. Totally the doctors and researchers will find it. And it's many times. Today I heard there is a new disease in Uganda, if you heard about it. It kills immediately. And they are trying to contain it. 
it's new illness but they will find the medicine inshallah and i pray they find it i find i pray every illness we have for the human being allah will allow those who research to find the medicine for it inshallah however allah said however man by nature when he has goodness he tried to cover i don't have your brother will come to you and say to him, please brother i'm in difficulty i can't pay my gas bill i just need 50 pounds you have a thousand pound oh i'm sorry you know it is hard days today even the banks don't give loans so i'm so sorry give 50 pounds put yourself in that position give if you can allah will give you and i tell you a very good thing this is a test you can test me in that when somebody really desperate come to you and ask you give not him give allah give this loan not to him give it to allah and say to allah oh allah this is the loan i'm giving to you one day i will ask you for it when the day you will ask him suddenly you are in difficulty or you are going to go through a test you say to allah pray to raga'at and then say oh allah you remember that day somebody came to me who was so desperate they wanted 70 pounds 100 pound, whatever and i gave it to them i not i have not given it to them because they wanted it i gave it to them because i gave it to you to give to them as a loan and you said in the Quran, Man You said in the Quran, who will give Allah a good loan so Allah can multiply many times over? Oh Allah, I want my loan today. It will come, I promise you. This is one way of getting your difficulties sorted out. The other way is to pray to Raga'ahs of Salah and then in the last sujood before you sit up to do Tahiyatullah, you say to Allah, Oh Allah, I'm passing this difficulty. I'm going to promise you a promise here. If you sort out this problem for me, I will do this or I will do that. I will kill a sheep and distribute the meat for the poor people. I will spend a thousand pounds of sadaqah. For, I will dig a well for people to drink water from. I will build a school according to your wealth. But don't be mean. You have a thousand pounds, say, Oh Allah, if you sort me out and I fast my exam, I'll give a pound. <laughs> give according to your means, for goodness sake. Allah knows. You have to give a little bit something harder because this is to show that jasha you want, yeah? So give something bigger. You have a hundred pounds in your bank and you are a student trying to get Oh Allah, if I pass my exam, I'll give fifty pounds out of it. That's good. Because half of your wealth. A millionaire will not say I'll give half a million. So you did something better, Allah will like that. I did it many times. You see? But once the solution comes, give it straight away. A man came to me and said to me, Sheikh, pray for me, this business deal. I said to make an uh, a promise to Allah. I said, I'll make it. What, what shall I do? I said, no, I know, I know. I'll build a mosque. I said, fine. He went and did and made a big profit. He, he can build a mosque for 57 pounds in a poor country. I went to Bangladesh and Pakistan and, and Indonesia. You can build a mosque for $10,000. So I said to him, now it's time to build a mosque. He said to me, Sheikh, I'm just praying if Allah can increase it more, I'll build a bigger mosque. Astaghfirullah <laughs> al-Azim. I remember the companion Thalaba. When the Prophet asked him for the zakah, he said, no, not now. I'm just starting my hairs. They're just growing. When they become bigger, I can give more. Allah said in the Quran to Muhammad Sallam, never take any zakah from him. Until he died, no zakah was taken. He died at the time of Umar bin Khattab, and nothing is being taken from him. And the Quran spoke about him. Allah said, don't take anything from him. I don't like his giving. So once you make a promise and you, you, your promise is fulfilled by Allah, give it straight away. Okay, that is something important. وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ قَطُورًا Surah Al-Isra 100 And man by nature, Allah created him to be greedy. Okay, this is our nature. 
So try to give. Rasulullah sallam was the most generous man. But in Ramadan he was the most generous. And I will explain this in a minute. Okay? We're coming to the last part of our talk. Rasulullah sallam says regarding our nafs now. Okay? Allahumma alhimni rushdi wa'idni mishar nafsi. This is hadith reported by Tirmidhi. O oh Allah, guide me to that which is better for me. And shelter me from the evil of my own self. Guide me to that which is better for me. And shelter me from that which is evil from within. What does this tell us? That there is a lot of evil within us. And we need Allah to shelter us from it. Not only shaitan. Okay? Not only the jinn. Not only the shayateen, not only the wicked people, but also yourself. You need to seek refuge from yourself because sometimes everything comes from you. And he said in his dua, Oh Allah, do not let me depend upon myself for even a glance. Oh Allah, if you allow me to depend upon myself even for a glance, you will draw me closer to evil. الخير, and he will distance me away from the good. So a lot of the things that we do which bring our life to turmoil is because our nafs is guiding us. Not our spirit. Not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is our nafs. Not even sometimes shaitan. So we need to be very careful. Therefore, to save ourselves from the evil of our own selves, we need to understand all the different stages of the creation of Adam and the creation of us as babies, these seven stages. And then we will understand the stages of our nafs. Okay? And the stages of the nafs as follows. Now, if you remember, Adam was created from trap, dust, and the baby is created from a drop, nutfa. This is stage in the nafs called Amara. The commanding evil soul. Or the soul that commands you to do evil. I say it all the time to people. Every one of us have that. And I say sometimes, some people say, yani imagine I'm standing in the underground and there is only two walls and there is a, the rail running in front of me and there is a hole there. And train can come every two minutes or one minute or whatever. And there is too many people packed there. And sometimes you have a feeling you want to push somebody in. If you have that feeling... That's, that's the evil of your nafs. <laughs> yeah? This is just the best example to give. Because sometimes within us there are some evil thoughts that come to our mind. Evil thoughts. You don't know where they come from. Now I tell you where they come from. Your nafs. From you. Yeah? From your ego inside. Alright? So this is called Ammara. Allah said in the Quran about it. Yusuf. 53, Surah Yusuf, verse 53. Allah says in the Quran, Yusuf said, I will not, when he was accused by uh, the queen of Egypt and he was put in prison, okay, and he was accused that he was attacking her and all those things, look at his humility. He says, I will not really stand to clear myself that I was innocent. Although he is innocent, he didn't do any wrong. But I'm saying this because indeed one's nafs will always command him to do evil. Look at that humility. We do the wrong and we know for sure we have done it and we say, I haven't done it. Excuse me, there was nobody here but you. 
I said, I didn't do it. Yeah, this is what people say. I didn't do it. And then, do you want me to make an oath? Yeah. A lot of people find it very easy to say, Wallahi, Billahi, Tallahi, Qasam, for the Asian children. I, I, I used to say to my brothers before, I used to teach math in a school in North London. And I, among the students, there are Muslims, and there are uh, Buddhists, there are Hindus, there are Sikhs, there are multi-mixed school. They're all boys, called Warwick boys, in Waltham's And I come on Monday morning, and I, I'm marking homework to give back, and I'm taking homework, and the ch- children are standing there, uh, and Muhammad will come to me and say to me, Sheikh, I didn't do my homework because I have to go with my parents for a funeral or whatever. I said, Muhammad, please, Ghassam, Sheikh. And then Ali will come and say, Ghassam, Sheikh. And I let them go. Because they and then suddenly John will come. John is blue-eyed, blonde hair. And I said, John, what is your homework? He said, you know, I was busy with my mother and this and that. I said, John, Ghassam. <laughs> John! He said, but he said it. So I let him go. He said, "Of course, children follow one another." I said, "They said it to you, Sheikh, and you let them go." So I have to say that. You see, which is which is nice to some extent for them, not for the fairest one who made awesome. Okay. And then the next next stage for Adam is teen mud, for us as babies alaka, okay, clogging. And for the nafs is lawama, the blaming salt. Okay. Allah said in the Quran, لا أغسم بالنفس اللوامة I will not but make an oath with the blaming soul because it is a stage whereby the person is better than the first one. When suddenly you do the wrong and you encourage yourself to do it and then when you finish it you feel so sad and upset. Why did I have to do that? Haven't you come to this stage? If anybody felt that, that means you are in a good position. You do the wrong. Your friends say, come on, let us go out. Let's enjoy ourselves. But Salah, that doesn't matter. We pray later on. And you go out and you miss your Zuhur, you miss your Asr, you come back, it is Maghrib time. And you always pray your praying time. And then you feel so sad. You feel sorry. You feel guilty. That feeling of guilt, that is from this, you are in this stage. You are okay. You are not good enough, but you are okay. The next one in Adam is Hama Masnoon. Okay, a mud that is left to dry, but for a little short period. For the baby is Mudga. Okay, that which is looking like a chewed piece of material. And for the nafs is Mulhama, inspired soul. Okay? Allah said in the Quran, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا And Allah has already programmed this nafs with it is right and wrong. Every one of us have it, but we can only bring it by doing the right thing. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, Qara'a Rasulullah sallam al-ayah waqal. Okay, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited this verse. Fa'alhamaha fujuraha wa ta'wa'a. And then he said, Allahumma ati nafsi taqwaha. Oh Allah, give my self or my ego or my nafs, it is piety. It is fear of you. It is righteousness position. And cleanse it. For you are the best in cleansing spirits or souls. Because nobody else can. You cannot go and find a spiritualist who can say, okay, okay, lie down. Let me take your nafs out. Okay. Let me wash it for you. We don't know how, how is it and how we look at it. We can't. We can only look at it attribute. 
أنت ملي وليها ومولاها for you are the one who created it and the one who owns it and it has come in the news from Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إني أسألك نفسا بك مطمئنة Oh Allah I ask you from yourself a nafs that is tranquil and this is the next one okay in the nufus in adam stage is salsal that which is mud but is coming to a position of readiness or sorry i missed one tin lazib sorry tin lazib that which is ready to be made into uh, a shape and in the human body in the stomach of the mother bones and in the nafs mutmainna tranquil okay Allah said in the Quran about it ya ayyatuhan nafsal mutmainna o you tranquil soul and the prophet sallam then made his dua o allah i ask you a nafs that is always tranquil by you not tranquil by the pleasures of the body not tranquil by the fun of the world not tranquil by what people will enjoy with me and i will enjoy with them I want to be enjoying with you and enjoying for you. There are two pleasures. Pleasures for Allah, by Allah, and pleasures for yourself, by yourself, and those who love self. Nothing else. Okay? The pleasure of Allah is going to remain forever. The pleasure of self is going to be diminished soon and be destroyed. I want the nafs, O Allah, to believe that it will meet you one day. And accept your decrees. And content in what you give okay and then the next nafs is salsal for adam alayhi salam which is the mud okay that is made into shape and let to dry before it was put into fire and you can hear a sound from it for the human in the stomach is lahm or meat fleshed into the bones and for the nafs is radia accepting okay oh you tranquil soul Return to your Lord, accepting. Ask yourself, am I in that position? If anybody swear at me, shout at me, walk on me like a mat, punch me like a boxing, whatever, and uh, people swear at me, push me aside, I'm nothing in front of them, I'm ridiculed, and I'm accepting my position? If you are in that position, you are a very good person. But majority of us, if somebody looks at us, what are you looking for? <laughs> you see? This is what we do. All the troubles come from that. You see? So think about it. That we need, this is very hard to achieve. Okay? And then, Fakhar, which is the mud that has been put into the fire and brought in a pottery shape, ready to be used, okay, by man, or in the case of Adam, was ready to be the human being. And then, Khalqun Akhar, a different creation when Allah put all the different faculties within the human little body in the mother's womb and this is stage in the nafs is called mardiyya accepted by Allah because if you are accepting the will of Allah if you are humble if you are tranquil if you are peaceful if you are generous if you are good if you are lenient if you are always rushing to help and do good then Allah will accept you my wife is here now you can come how are you come, come, come in and then you can take me you wanna come in Okay. <laughs> she would never come. I because I told her to come pick me up. Thank you. With my time, I need to go to Harum Mosque. Okay. So here, 
this is something that we need to seriously think about. Okay? If we don't think about that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept us only when we are doing good and being good, then we're never going to succeed. Because the next stage is the stage of the nafakh, of the blowing of the spirit within Adam, within the little baby in the mother's tummy. And that is in the stage of the ruh or the nafs, the complete nafs. Pure, clean. Allah said, none will enter paradise immediately without any questioning, only the one who will come with a pure heart. You can only go to Allah with a pure heart when there is no sins committed by your nafs. Your nafs is pure. Your nafs is clean. Okay? As I said earlier on, Allah said to the malaika, and when I put him together, Adam, and I put my soul into him, then fall and prostrate before me for him. And then Allah also said, وَرَفَعَ أَبَوِيهِ لَلْعَرْشِ And he, Yusuf alayhi salam, when his parents came to him, Ya'qub and his mother, Prophet Ya'qub alayhi salam, from Israel, okay, into Egypt, he raised them into the throne where he's sitting. And his brothers also were there. وَرَفَعَ أَبَوِيهِ لَلْعَرْشِ فَخَرُّوا لَهُ سَاجِدِينَ His brothers, 11 of them, and his mother and father, they all prostrated for him. Think with me. Here, there is a young man who was in prison, who was found in a well, who was a slave for a king of Egypt. Suddenly, because of his explanation of the dream, he was made to be the treasurer of Egypt and he had a very good position of trust within the kingdom. And suddenly his parents come to him, his father and mother, subhanallah, whom his father was a great prophet and a messenger, Ya'qub alayhi salam, Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And his mother, who carried him in her tummy and raised him. And all his brothers and sisters, or his brothers, sorry, 11 of them, they came on the throne and they all prostrated. And we know the prostration only should be for Allah. How can his father and brothers and mother prostrate for him? And why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ask the malaika to prostrate for Adam? When he blew the spirit into him. And why did he reject Iblis and thrown him out and cursed him and called him Shaitan? The rejecter of faith. So when we call somebody Shaitan, that means somebody who is rejected. Why did Allah call him that? Because he refused to prostrate for Adam. Why prostrate for a human being? Maybe Iblis was right. No, Iblis wasn't right. Because the spirit of Adam and the spirit in Yusuf. They are from Allah. The spirit in Adam was pure, never carrying grudges, never carrying hatred, never carrying anything for anyone or anything but good, love, doing and wanting that the best for everyone and everything but itself. The same thing, the spirit of Yusuf alayhi salam. Although his brothers from childhood were doing every evil against him, throwing him for dead in the well, allowing him to be a slave in Egypt, going through different tests for no mistake of himself or no wrong. And suddenly when his brothers came to him, they said to him, what are you going to do with us? He didn't say, look, you were wicked, you were evil. Today I am going to make sure that you are imprisoned. Today I am going to be making sure that you are going to be jailed until you are dead. Today I am going to make sure that you are slaughtered. 
Even today we see people when they go to court cases, when they come out, they say, oh, there's no justice. Why? He was only given seven years. He should be given 50 years. We want, we want evil, we want revenge. But Yusuf didn't want revenge. What did Yusuf say? Yusuf says, I forgive you? No. Yusuf went further. He said, La tasriba alaykum. No blame I will ever align to you. No blame I will ever put across to say that you wronged me. You have done me no wrong. But I will do better. Today I am going to be asking Allah to forgive you. How many times you find it to say forgive somebody? Even when you make peace with somebody, I mean all of us, okay, we make peace but we don't want to talk to them. I make peace with somebody, but I don't want to talk to them. What, that, what kind of peace is that? I forgive them, but I don't want to see their face anymore. What kind of forgiveness is that? That's not proper. So brothers and sisters, it is so important to understand when you reach the complete nafs, when your nafs become pure, when you are really the right person to go to heaven without any questioning, never to smell or to see the hellfire in the day of judgment, that is when you don't carry, carry any grudges, when you don't carry any hatred. When you don't carry any malice or transgression or greed or selfishness or evil. When you are lenient, when you are kind, when you are generous, when you are good, when you are forgiving. Wouldn't you like Allah to forgive you? Of course, I will do Allah. If you want Allah to forgive you, then find it in yourself to remove all this and to be able to forgive even those who treat you as an enemy. Allah says in the Quran, even that between you and them, there is grave animosity. Treat them as if they are the best of friends. But this is station, my brothers and sisters, nobody can achieve it. Only the one who will act with total patience or the very lucky. This is station, only those who are acting with true patience or those who are very lucky will achieve it. Many people say there is no luck in Islam. There is luck. Allah said it in the Quran. That is luck. If you are lucky, you'll be able to find the truth and follow it properly. Okay? For this reason, to finish, Imam al-Busayri said, And be disobedient to your own self and to shaitan and act against them. If there is anyone to act against, it's your own self when it desires the selfish things, the wicked things, and shaitan when he advises you or encourages you to do evil. Even if they try to give you the best of advice, then don't take their advice literally or lightly. They mean no good for you. They only mean evil. Okay? Do not be obedient to any one of them. Either they are helping you to win an argument or they are standing as a judge to tell you that you are right in what you do. Okay? For you, if you really look into yourself, you know exactly okay, the right position of the one who's judging okay, or the one who's arguing or fighting you. Take the higher, take the better by being able to show that you can forgive. How can we then remove all those ills from ourselves? How can we cure ourselves? How can we become people who are not egoistic, selfish, self-centered? How can we do that? Ramadan is the best time to do that. Why? You might ask me. Because before Ramadan, the test is not only your nafs. There are too many things to test you. Allah said, I created you to test you. 
Don't think because you are a Muslim you're not going to be tested. Don't think because you are a believer who prays five day, daily prayers and fasting in Ramadan, you're not going to be, you're going to be tested. Allah said, Indeed, we will test you. Why, ya Allah, you are testing us? So that we will get to know who is true in declaring their faith and who are just saying it. There are many people who join the group just for fun. But there are many people who join because there is a cause to be fulfilled. When we join faith, we join to know who Allah is. And we can never know who Allah is without knowing who we are. And once we get to know who we are, we try to fight away all the evil and bring the good to shine before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the thing that can make you feel better, a lot of dhikr will reduce the power of your nafs. Choosing always in your living a life, interaction with people, that which is in the middle. Don't be an extremist. Don't be one who's trying to be so religious, carrying more than what you can burden. For Rasulullah says, those who will try to carry more than they burden, if they fall, they will never stand up again. How many men and sisters, they were wearing their niqab and brothers, their beard up to their feet and their trousers up to their knees and they were acting, there is nobody walking in this earth but themselves and suddenly you see them in the pubs and the bars. Or even left Islam. You can't. Don't see every... None will try to carry all this deen, all it will be defeating to him or her. Carry little by little. A building is only built by bricks, one by one. You can't just build it like that. Only Allah can do that. Okay? So choose. The Messenger said, the best of the affairs you choose for yourself to live your life is that which is in the middle. Okay? The middle is good. By hunger, which I'm going to talk about tomorrow in detail, inshallah. Hunger is the best medicine for your nafs. There is nothing that can curb your nafs and make it a, an obedient servant but hunger. By staying awake at night and sleeping little during the night and sleeping very little if you have to during the day. Unfortunately, we are today with people who sleep perhaps nothing in the night, enjoying and having pleasure and sleeping all day. That's the worst thing for your heart. You kill your heart. Sleeping too much is no good for the human being. Some people say because the doctor says eight hours. Allah says little. <laughs> who's, who's right? Allah or the doctor? Allah is right. Okay? And then, al-uzla. Spending some time alone by yourself. Don't all the time sit with people. Sitting with people can only bring you troubles. Yes, sit with them when you're doing good. But when there's time to gossip, because all people say, what the news? Nowadays, you have got the texting. Thank God in my time, there was nothing like that. <laughs> I feel sorry for you because there is more now. To, and subhanAllah, now even with pictures as well. All this, okay? What they say, uh, things go viral. You see? When people, everyone wants to know, what the news? Taqfarallah, that's terrible. Walkhalwa and seclusion. Not just separating yourself from people, but sit in a place alone, reflecting upon your life. Who you are, where you come from, what are you doing here, what are you going next? What good have you done? What good are you supposed to do? Remembering that you are no good if you don't do good. You are no good if you don't do good. And therefore, I promise you, even the one who doesn't believe in Allah, who does a lot of good, might be much better than you if your faith is not correct. Because if you are a hypocrite, then you are going to be in the lowest part of the hellfire. And that kafir who doesn't believe in Allah, with his good that he is doing, Allah will put him in a place higher than you because he's not a hypocrite. 
He doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't deceive. He doesn't gossip. He doesn't create problem and fitna. But he doesn't believe in God. Kufr. But hypocrisy is lower. The hypocrites are in the lowest part in the hellfire. They will be the coal of the hellfire. Allah will bend the fire and rage it by those people. So we don't want to be among them, inshallah. Okay? And the last one, assumpt. Silence. Talking a lot is no good. Only if you are talking about Allah. Okay? Be very careful what you are saying. Perhaps one word that will be uttered by your tongue coming out of your mouth which will drop you deeper in the hellfire 70 years. You'll be just falling. You don't know where you're going to go. 70 years, you're just traveling down. After 70 years, then you read the place where Allah wants to punish you for that word. How long? Only Allah knows. May Allah save me and save you. May Allah guard me and guard you. May Allah help me and help you. May Allah give me tawfiq and give you tawfiq to be able to conquer our nafs. To be able to control our nafs. To be able to know exactly what our nafs is by realizing the nafs desires. The evil thing that we have within ourselves so that we can care it and help it and support it. Nobody in this world knows this better than Rasulullah We seek from Allah through Rasulullah that we will do a lot to help ourselves. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid. Allahumma rabbana ati nufusana taqwaaha wa zakiha fa innaka anta khayru man zakaaha. Allahumma rabbana ati nufusana taqwaaha wa zakiha fa innaka anta khayru man zakaaha. Allahumma rabbi atina nufusan mutmainnatan بك راضية مرضية بك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ربي ألهمنا رشدنا واجعلنا من عبيدك الراشدين ربنا حينا مسلمين وأمتنا مؤمنين وحينا محسنين وأخلصنا لك يا رب العالمين واحشرنا في ذمرة المخلصين ربنا اجعلنا جندا من جندك فإن جندك هم الغالبون ربنا اجعلنا حزبا من حزبك فإن حزبك هم المفلحون اللهم يا رب اجعلنا من أوليائك فإن أوليائك لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to cleanse our souls I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to strengthen our bodies to be able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to accept our fasting, to accept our salah, our recitation of the Quran, our dhikr and ibadah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the people who are suffering all over the world, especially those whom we are fasting to feel their feeling. Those who are barefooted, may Allah give them shoes. Those who are without clothing, may Allah put clothing in their backs. Those who are sheltered, may Allah shelter them. Those who are hopeless, may Allah give them hope. Those who are having difficulty in their life, may Allah remove their difficulties. Those who are sick, those who are no parents, may Allah give them shelter and home, them parents. And those who have nothing, may Allah give them that which will make their life better for the hereafter, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the suffering Muslims all over the world, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, in Somalia, Ya Rabbil Alameen, in Darfur, in Sudan, in North Africa, West Africa, in Africa, as a whole, Ya Rabbil Alameen. If there is anybody who believes in you, suffering at this moment of time, oh Allah, we are trying to fast to feel their feeling, put in our heart mercy, so that that feeling become a real generosity from us to help them, and support them, and stand by them, not just by word we say, but by action that we do, for you see our actions. And Rasulullah will be seen our action, and the believers definitely will see in the day of judgment, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma Rabbi Hidina wa Hadibina, Ikhfir Allahumma Lana wa Liwalidina, Ya Kareem. We ask Allah for all those who are single to give them partners who will be in marriage with them to have a best life, Ya Rabbil Alameen. For those who are married, to keep them with their partners and give them the best of life. For those who have children, may Allah their children to be the best of children. For those who have no children, Allah make it easy for them to have children. For those who are seeking employment, may Allah employ them. For those who are seeking knowledge, may Allah give them knowledge. For those who are seeking guidance, may Allah give them guidance. For those who are seeking 
anything in this world or desiring anything for good, may Allah give that to them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And for anybody who's asking us to pray for them or asking you to pray for them, may Allah give them tawfiq and success and accept their prayers and our prayers for them. And anybody who's sick, may Allah heal them. Anybody who's suffering, may Allah remove the suffering. Anybody who's in a dilemma or in depression or in sadness, may Allah remove their depression and sadness, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma Rabbi, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum. اجعل هذا المكان عامرا بذكرك وشكرك وطاعتك وحسن عبادتك اللهم اجعل نيتنا له صادقة فاجعله مكانا لدعوتك يا كريم واجعل هؤلاء الحاضرين معي في هذا المكان من عبيدك الصالحين المصلحين ونجني وإياهم من الهم والغم والحزن والكرب العظيم اللهم ربي آتنا وإياهم الخير والخيرات والبلب والبركات والطاعات يا كريم اللهم ربي إني أسألك لي ولهم خيرا وفيرا وأجرا كثيرا وتجارة لن تبور برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا رسول الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا نبي الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا حبيب الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا إمام المرسلين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا خاتم النبيين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا شفيع المذنبين ألف صلاة وألف سلام عليك وعلى البيت كجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين يا كن عبد يا كن استعين هدينا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين أم